I'm excited to welcome back IWI as a sponsor of the Three Gun Show. Longtime listeners will remember IWI and the Three Gun Show's runs at Red October and Kalash Bash with their Galil Ace. Available in 545 x 39 762 x 39 and 5.56, the Galil Ace is an absolute dominator at AK matches. IWI has released a Gen 2 of the Ace with tons of upgrades featuring a free float M-Lock handguard, an updated trigger profile, shortened safety throw, and it now ships with a Magpul CTR stock with a little cheek riser in there so you can see through your scope. And now IWI has joined the AR-15 game as well. Their Zion 15 is available in both a 12.5 or 16-inch barrel with a 5.56 chamber, and it features a free float handguard in 11.5 or 15 inches, respectively. With a mid-length gas system and a 1.8 twist, the IWI checks all of the boxes at an incredibly low price. Whether you're looking for a bullpup, traditional rifle, or a pistol, IWI has several options to satisfy your needs. This episode of the Three Gun Show is sponsored by Isotune Sport. Isotune Sport makes advanced Bluetooth hearing protection for shooters. My hearing is very important to me for obvious reasons, and I absolutely love how quickly their tactical sound control reacts to cut out loud gunfire. One feature, though, that I never thought I would use on the range is Bluetooth technology, and I'm actually kind of loving it. Isotune Sport Ear Pro easily connects to my phone, and from there, I can listen to some Beastie Boys or Poison or even a podcast to get me in the zone while I'm setting up for practice or stirring a rifle, something like that. And if I'm caught by surprise by gunfire from the next bay over, I know that my hearing is safe. Lately, I've been rocking the wireless in-ear caliber model because they are lightweight, have a great uh, battery life, and won't get tangled in the buttstock of my long guns. You can check them out for yourself. I'll have a link in the show notes at 3gunshow.com. I'm pumped to be working with Isotune Sport, and I thank them for sponsoring the show. Welcome to the 3-Gun Show. I'm your host, Dave Hartman. This is episode 351 of the podcast, and you can find the links to things that we discuss at 3gunshow.com slash 351. I just got back from Jeff Kirkwald Memorial 3-Gun, one of my favorite matches of the year. Um, and one of the matches that I get to help promote, work on, whatever you want to say. I have so much fun. I get to shoot the RO match. The uh, The group of ROs at this point is uh, it's like a reunion every time we do it. And if I saw you at the match, it's great to see you. Really enjoyed it. Man, I love the, the Minnesota shooting scene. But we'll talk about that more in a future podcast. Adam Reiser is back on the show this week. You know, at this point, Adam Reiser could have his own podcast because... He's, he's really good at teaching and describing a concept, and you'll agree with me after hearing this episode, but I'm glad that he chooses to share his knowledge with us here on the 3-Gun Show. Uh, Adam hit me up on the way home from Rocky Mountain 3-Gun and asked if I would be interested in talking about goals for 3-Gun. I'm always, always interested in exploring this topic, especially the way that top shooters think about this type of stuff. Um, and usually we talk, we cover goals on the show around the new year, but as you'll hear in just a moment, Adam has a completely different take on this, on goal setting than, uh, most people do. Uh, we discuss setting match goals 
to get the outcome that you want and then breaking down those goals to stage goals. And then, and they, and these are process based goals. These are not outcome based goals, which you'll find out about the difference in this podcast. <laughs> and so these, uh, these details can help you create a roadmap for success. And as a bonus, we also cover self-assessment and scoring your performance to your goals that will also help you improve. You're going to get a lot from this one. I know it. It's really good info that you can apply to the next match that you have on your schedule. So grab your notebook or maybe, maybe listen to this one twice, but enjoy this interview with Adam Reiser. Adam, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, good to see you, buddy. It's great to see you too. Um, wonderful Wednesday we have going here. Just published a podcast and uh, I got a new toy. Ooh. And uh, for for those of you listening to the podcast, you can't see it, but this is the IWI Masada Slim. So it is a thirteen round carry pistol, and it's uh it's pretty damn cool. Like think like uh, Glock forty three X or Sig three sixty five uh, size. Just got nice. this last night, and I'm heading to the range after this. So we got to make this fast, man. I'm itching to go a, pull pull the trigger on top of there too. What's that? I see an optics plate on top of there. Too. Yeah, optics plate. I, I haven't even looked at to see what you can put on this yet. So I'll have to. Oh, my God. I'm going to have to read the instructions and uh, see what we can fit on there. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, good luck. We'll try to make this snappy. <laughs> so that's what I'm up to uh, today. But um, but we were speaking uh, this weekend. We were both traveling. I was traveling back from uh grand junction where uh i had a family event and uh you were traveling back from uh raton new mexico the thriving metropolis of raton <laughs> have they uh have they built that skyscraper yet no no, no? no skyscraper as oh. far as i know i don't know i didn't get into town itself i was just camped out on the range the entire time but oh perfect i did not, I did not see any signs of any skyscrapers <laughs> That's, uh, yeah. So Raton is a tiny little town in New Mexico, just over the Colorado border. But, uh, the coolest thing around there is the winning NRA Whittington center, which is like what, I think it's 22,000 acres or something like that. It's 33,000, 33,000. Wow. It's insanity. Yeah. It's, it's like the most amazing shooting facility I've ever been on. It's definitely one of those destination facilities. Like you have to go check it out at some point in your life. If you're a, uh, a shooter and uh it's crazy like a a year pass is like 30 bucks or something yeah it's pretty wild and and there's just like whatever you could possibly imagine is down there so you're like oh i'm gonna go out by the the, the you know the trap range and you drive past like a mile of throwers <laughs> it's like what the yeah hell? <laughs> yeah yeah and they got um like i mean whatever weird little subset of shooting you can possibly imagine there's like a humongous um, a uh, portion of the complex dedicated to that. Yeah, it's it's pretty ridiculous, and the uh, the amount of history that's over there too, because it's on one of the the big uh, transit wagon trails. I can't remember which one it uh, which which one it's called. It's been years since I've been there, but um, that means there's all kinds of artifacts and uh, you know former buildings and things like that from mining. Just a mm-hmm. lot of genuine history there, and uh, really incredible wildlife too. Yeah. And it's, it's funny too, cause the wildlife there has figured out that it can't be shot. Yes. So it does not care what's going on. Like you'll stop a stage because a bunch of deer will just walk out in front of you. Yep. And like, yeah, it's, it's quite wild. Yeah. It's like, uh, uh, you remember, uh, Wyoming governor's match actually more than the shirt. Um, yep. a couple of years ago we had 
all the, what, were those mule deer that were kept coming back on the range and eating the grass after they'd been chased off like three or four times? I think so. Yeah, it was like our last stage of the entire weekend, and we kept having to call delays so some dude on an ATV could go chase them off the range. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was in the base. That wasn't. Yeah, like it was in a bay. In a bay. It's like dude had to climb a, a bay wall to get in there. Yeah, yeah, they just like that grass. Mm-hmm. Well, we're here to talk about uh, about goal setting, and uh, I think this is uh, this is obviously a topic I love. We've done uh, shows on this one before, and uh, each time I hear a a different perspective on it. So I'm interested to hear your perspective, and I think this is kind of unique of how it came about. So can you kind of fill uh, fill us in on how this topic came up to the uh, the front of your mind? Yeah. So, uh, this came up cause, uh, my buddy Zach asked me about it actually. And so Zach was a student in a class that I did uh, a couple years ago and I've kind of been working with him for a while since then. And he's a, uh, open shooter, primarily pistol shooter. And, uh, we were shooting a pistol match together and his goal for the match was to beat me, which was an awesome goal. He's like, I'm going to beat my instructor. And, um, and just so like karate super- kid. Just like the cry kid, exactly. <laughs> and um, uh, and then so we got you know a few stages into the match, and um, I think he ended up having like a really bad stage or something on like stage three. And then afterwards, he was just asking me like, "Hey, like my goal for the match was to beat you." And then once it was clear that that wasn't going to happen, then I didn't have a goal for the match anymore. And then everything you know just kind of like went mm, to shit. And so it was that's really interesting. Like, you know, yeah, having like a very big picture, non-actionable goal. Um, and then how, um, you know, so like what, basically the question was like, what do you do when like your goal is no longer obtainable for the match that you're at is pretty much like how all this sort of came to be. Dude, that is, oh, wow. That's a great question. Um, I'm, I'm assuming this is a club match cause you said it was a pistol match, right? Yeah. So I, I've kind of, kind of a similar topic, but I've seen so many shooters over the years, um, like on day one or day two or whatever they're done with the morning squad and you're on the afternoon squad or whatever. And, uh, you just run into a, a friend or someone I've, I've interviewed on the show and just like a, Hey, how you doing? Kind of thing. And usually you just, how's your match? And man, the, the mopey, your responses <laughs> I get on that. Well, I really screwed up stage five. Yeah, so I bought the first one, I'm not even in it anymore. Cut, so. Kind of out of it now. You know, yeah. which I can understand, like, uh, you know, in the old three gun nation matches, because that really mattered. Like you crash one and you're just completely done because uh, mm-hmm. it was total time. But um, but yeah. So shoot. What did you tell? <laughs> what did you tell him? I'm interested in this. So it, this turned into a, uh, a, you know, a very long parking lot discussion, as most of these things do. Yeah. Uh, just like leaning against the truck and, and just kind of talking through things. Um but pretty much, so I'll, I'll break it down in terms of like the, the match that I just shot, which was Rocky Mountain three gun. And, um, so, you know, my goal, I have, you know, basically I have a, a, a big picture goal for the match. My goal mm-hmm. for the match is to win the match. Um, I wasn't sure who was going to be there because practice score is not a thing in return New Mexico apparently. And so I honestly had no idea, <laughs> but I'm like, you know, my goal is to win. Um, th- that's what I want to do. Well, so I, I heard that uh, they, they didn't even squad you until you got there. So not only do you know, not know who's in like the greater well, match, but you don't know who you're shooting you with. Know who we were with. <laughs> oh, okay. This is like a, so it was a surprise is what you're saying. It was a surprise. Surprise yeah, squatting. Hashtag surprise squad. I'm not a fan of. Um, 
Yeah, so so I wasn't sure who was at the match, uh, but it turns out that um, uh, there were a couple of pretty good open shooters at the match, including Joe Farewell. Um, so a uh, you know an obtainable but very very hard goal. Like Joe's an exceptionally good shooter, you know, but this is a very big match where a lot of things can go wrong, and you know it's kind of my game is these super big national train matches. So I'm like, all right, like I like I should be able to win this match if I like really put one together. So, um, but that big picture goal, which is win open division, isn't an actionable goal. Like there's no mm-hmm. steps to like win open division. So I'm like, all right, well, how, how am I going to win open division? Like, what does my match performance need to look like in order for me to, to, to win? Uh, and so I broke it down and I was like, all right, I need to shoot better than 90% on every single stage. So that doesn't mean a bunch of 90% finishes. That means 90% or better. So no bombing, you know, kind of averaging in the 95 few stage wins, but like putting down good stages at every single stage with no like catastrophic problems. So that's at least steps towards that big picture goal, but it's still not like actionable things that you can do. So what I do for all these matches is I'll um, kind of break down the steps. And at, at this point, I'm not like making a list or anything. So I've been through it enough times, but I'm basically break down, breaking down all of the actionable steps and making uh, goals out of each of those. So like my goals are to do all of these things. And if I do all of these things, then the outcome of the match will be, you know, what I want it to be and potentially get to that big picture goal. Got it. So So, these are, these are like process based goals rather than outcome, right? So you're not saying, you know, I want first place you're starting there, but then what is the process to get there? Exactly. Correct. Yeah. So if, uh, yeah, if I want to drive across the country, um, I need a roadmap of like what that looks like, where I'm going to go, how much gas is going to be, all that mm-hmm. other stuff. So, um, yeah, so like I had, so I basically have like pre-match goals, goals for the day before the match, goals for the three days while I'm shooting, and then post-match goals. Um, so I want to be able to do all of these things. So my pre-match goals, uh, as you know, a lot of people know, I've been kind of jacked up lately, had to miss a couple matches this year because of some back issues. So my main goal was be healthy enough to literally get to the match and shoot it. Um, it's an 11 hour drive, which is not a whole lot of fun with a, with a back problem. No kidding. And so I've just been PT and like, it's my job, um, trying to get healthy enough to actually just like physically get out to the match and shoot it. So that's like number one, big picture goal. Like, you know, don't skimp on PT, make sure that I can actually get to the match. Um, then uh, going in, you know, this is this is my first match in open division, uh, actually having my own guns. So I have uh, a new shotgun that acts differently than all the shotguns I've ever shot in the past. <laughs> so I needed to make sure that I had that shotgun patterned with the, the ammo that I was going to shoot. Um, had some semblance of understanding of, like, what distances I could be at for certain types of steel and still be able to, like, knock things over. And also have uh, some idea of where the slugs hit. Um, and then, you know, make sure that the bird shot and slugs kind of pointed in about the same direction more or less, because sometimes they don't. Um, so hang on real quick on, on the, on that note. Um, you know, I've, I've watched a couple guys, uh, transition recently from, uh, mm-hmm. from, uh, tack to open. And, uh, you know, I experienced it myself when I got a new shotgun, um, cause you know, barrel length and chokes and just different brands and stuff like that. We could do a whole podcast on like setting up your your shotgun for success because man there is there is much more to it than just uh you know tossing some rounds in there and going for it especially when you're going to 
to open in the manual of arms is is uh ak based right mm-hmm. and it's uh completely different than than uh, all the 19 ars you've been shooting mm-hmm. yeah 100 percent um so the interesting thing with this one is uh this thing has a very, very short barrel on it. I think it's like a 14.5 with like a longer comp on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the pattern spreads out faster yeah. than it did in my Benelli, which has a 22-inch barrel. Um, so there's not like a one-to-one like, oh, this like now the light mod equals the IC or something like that. It's, yeah. it's, it's totally different. And so what that means is if you choke for the hardest target on the stage, which you should do, now when you get in close, you have to aim that thing like a rifle. Right. So it actually gets significantly harder on the close stuff if, if there is some far hard stuff. But also, um, uh, the bird shot's way faster because I'm shooting 1300s instead of 1145s. So maybe you don't need as much um, on the steel. And I actually didn't do a very good job um, really testing it out on different types of falling steel to see like what needs to be shot down. I just kind of went over like the pattern size that I was used to. Like if I get, you know, this much pattern on a piece of steel, um, then, then I'm good to go. So I think I shot most of the match over choked. Cause if mm. I'm ever, if I'm ever like making a decision one way or the other, I will always pick the tighter choke because nothing is worse than taking a shot at a piece of steel and having it just like wiggle a little bit. It's <laughs> yeah. like, Oh crap, this is about to be a humongous problem. Yep. So yeah, so I, I over choked a lot and I had some makeup shots and like some close hosey type stuff because my pattern was just so darn tight. So basically getting the shotgun figured out. And then um uh my my last pre-match goal was to dry fire every single night for the two weeks leading up to the match. Mm. Um, to just get some, some reps in with everything. And then, uh, primarily that was focused on the shotgun because, you know, loading a new shotgun, I'm, you know, out of quad loading, we're just putting big sticks in there and, um, uh, getting an understanding of how to do that. So when I get there, I'm not, um, putting down the same shotgun loads that I did at the governor's cup, <laughs> uh, you know, shooting, shooting a borrowed shotgun that I didn't know how to load. Like I just wanted to be able to put a new mag in there pretty quickly because there's like, you know, 50 round all shotgun stages and stuff at this match. So yeah. there was a grip of shotgun shooting. Yeah. That's so that that's super important. So, um, do, do you then think about like, well, I've shot, you've shot Rocky mountain several years. Do you think of like, Oh, I've shot Rocky mountain. Like what are the type of things that are typically there? What are the type of things that I can expect? And then dry fire for those. Cause like specifically I'm thinking of, um, probably gonna have to sling something, right? Yeah. You're definitely gonna have to sling some stuff. Um, yeah, and I did get in uh, one live fire practice session before I went, and I, I used the pistol. That's all I shot in the live fire practice, and uh, basically put out some eight inch pieces of steel and had cones in a bay, and I would literally just like run from cone to cone, taking shots at two pieces of hanging steel next to each other, because this is a very like hunt and peck style match where you're just like running through the woods, taking individual shots at at you know. 20 yard, 10 inch plates and things like that. So just being able to come in super aggressive, nice, smooth entry, break a shot and leave. That's like kind of the way this matches. You're never coming in and shooting like a plate rack or an array of steel or a bunch of paper or like that just doesn't exist here at all. Mm, Okay. Yeah. So that was, you know, I was like, okay, well this is the type of pistol shooting there's going to be there. So I'm going to practice that type of pistol shooting. Um, I basically didn't practice, you know, draws or gun transitions or anything like that. Cause the stages are so big that it's totally irrelevant whether or not you put down like a 
a one second or a one five or a four second draw. Like it completely doesn't matter. You just like reach down, get a really good grip on the pistol and take it out of the holster. <laughs> so, and then how fast so, can I run to the next target? And then how fast can I run to the next target? Exactly. So yeah, shaving, shaving a 10th off your draw, completely irrelevant. Being able to just run into a position, take one shot and then leave that position is, is a little bit more where it's at. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So then, uh, so that basically covered all of my pre-match stuff. So then I have, you know, I got goals leading up to the match. I'm going to do those things. This kind of like paves, paves my road towards where I want to go. So then I got, uh, goals for the day before the match. Cause it's these really big matches. Um, your day before is pretty darn important. And, um, so, uh, goal number one was, uh, get there early enough to zero all of my guns first thing in the morning and get all of the stages walked. Mm. Um, so, which is quite early. It, it took a very long time to walk all the stages. Cause there's a lot of just like, like, Hey, you know, in this, the stage descriptions there are, um, pretty darn slim on the amount of information they get. So you're just, you know, you're looking at a drawing on an, you know, eight and a half by 11 inch sheet of paper that represents 200 yards of woods. <laughs> and you're like, okay, there's, you know, 40 pistol shots out here and you're just like walking through and you're like, shit, I'm at 36. And then you got to walk that same stretch three or four times and grab other people. And like, dude, I am missing a target somewhere. You got any ideas? And you know, so we'd be walking stages in like pods of five people and somebody like, Hey, I saw one back in the, it's back in there. And you're like, Oh, cool. It's like an Easter egg hunt. Yeah. Like an Easter egg hunt. So yeah. So get there, get there early. The first thing that I wanted to do was get all of my guns zeroed. So I got, you know, two rifle primary optics, two offset red dots, red dot on the pistol, red dot on the shotgun. So open division has a lot of zeroing. (laughs) Um, so that, you know, took a little bit longer. Um, but yeah, do that, walk all of my stages, film all of my stages because these stages are so big that I can't just like put that in my head and then, you know, remember the stage three days later. So having Mm -hmm. some first person film so you can program things, um, is pretty important. So that was pretty much like, those are my goals for the match. So in order to achieve those goals, I needed to leave very early, uh, the day before the day before the match, cause it's an 11 hour drive. So, you know, ripped all the way out, uh, slept at a sketchy rest area, just North of Raton at like two o'clock in the morning, got up at like six, you know, drove to the match, zero guns registered, like did all the things, walked all the stages. So that, that pretty much, um, gets me through the main day. And then, uh, you know, my goals for that night are, uh, don't drink too much. That's a really big, important one. Cause I, you know, I ran into a bunch of friends that I haven't seen for several years. Um, so it's pretty much a reunion from like the 2017 match and like most of squad awesome was there. So that was pretty cool. And, um, uh, yeah. So hanging out with some old friends shooting the shit for quite a while. And, um, you know, so, uh, you know, get into the van at a reasonable time, uh, you know, don't be drunk. You don't want to show up, uh, you know, shoot with a hangover the next morning. Uh, I wanted to preload all of my rifle mags, um, in my pistol mags before bed. So, um, part of my, my stage breakdown process is, is, you know, figuring out which rifle mag I want to shoot and what ammo I want in it. There's a lot of heavy ammo in this match. So, um, understanding if I want to shoot the heavier, the hoser on a certain stage and then what mag I want for, you know, like rooftop angles and things along those lines. So, um, so I'm going to preload all of those mags. So like this mag is going to be for stage one. This mag is going to be for stage two. These two mags are going to be for stage three and then load up all the pistol mags. So I'm not messing with that stuff in the morning. Um, you can't load shotgun mags the night before, which is something that I didn't know. So that's useful information. Did you do that in the past? 
Um, no, but I just was like, okay. oh, well, this would be super handy because I'll just have some preloaded mags. And people were like, no, no that's bad. No, we don't do that. Yeah. So well, tell everybody why. So um, uh, shotgun shells are plastic. They are originally designed to be manually fed into a tube and then have a primer hit it and then go off and then you throw it away. Uh, then we developed guns that had a tube under the tube. So it comes out of a round thing and goes into another round thing and then goes bang. So when you take a round thing and you stack 19 other round soft things on top of it with them inside of a magazine with enough spring tension to push 20 rounds up, and then it gets to even the slightest little bit warm, it'll make all of those round things not round and they won't fit in your chamber anymore. <laughs> so there's a couple ways around it. Um, way number one is you can put your, your shells in your cooler so they stay cold, which keeps them harder. So they're less likely to deform. And then way number two is uh, basically not loading your magazines very early. Mm -hmm. So I loaded my shotgun mags when I was in the hole each time pretty much. So um, if, when I was a few shooters back, I'd go over and I'd put about 10 rounds in the 20s and about five rounds in the 10s and just kind of like get a few rounds in them so I wasn't loading them like all the way, but not enough that there was any like real spring tension. And then, um, and then when I was in the hole, I'd go over there and like finish loading up the mags, which is kind of annoying because I don't like doing that stuff when I'm a couple shooters down. I like just being able to think about my stage, but yeah, it's, it's part of the deal. So yeah, I hear yeah. you. Yeah. So that was, so that was the thing. It's like, um, you know, get all your mags preloaded, uh, you know, go to bed at a reasonable time and then, uh, do my homework the night before. So, mm -hmm. uh, I want to, like I've said on shows in the past, uh, for me to consider a stage, uh, programmed, I want to be able to visualize it five times front to back, with no messing up, hmm. which is a lot of work when you're visualizing the day's next stages. Um, so in the nine stages that we shot, uh, uh, I shot 17 minutes of shooting in nine stages. So, uh, you know, four stages is, you know, about half of that. So I'm trying to visualize, you know, give or take seven minutes of shooting, um, five times over. So even if I don't mess it up, that's like a half hour of just stage visualization. right there. Right? <laughs> so, so I'm trying to, um, you know, get through that as, as best I can. Um, and, but the thing is I want to be able to go up to the stage the next day and just close my eyes and run through it front to back and be like, yep, it's all there. Like I know what I'm going to do. So, um, yeah, so that was those are my goals for the day before the match. I'm gonna I'm gonna get there early. I'm gonna zero my guns. I'm gonna walk stages. I'm gonna film stages so I can look at that film later. Uh, I'm gonna go to bed at a reasonable time. I'm gonna uh, visualize my stages the night before, and I'm gonna have all of my magazines loaded, my you know gear for the next day, all ready to go. So that's that's gonna help set me up for success when when I come to match day. Gotcha. Um. Now now. Do you do you have like daily goals or stage goals, or are you still just striving for that one goal? And these are the processes to get there. Uh, no, I definitely I have uh, uh, like match day goals as well. But again, my my goals for match day are all um, uh, process oriented goals. Like I don't have a goal of like you know win every third stage, or even like as I'm going through the match, my you know my goal is basically have no stage finishes below ninety percent, but for, well, for this match anyways. Um, but having said that, I wasn't thinking about that at all. Like actually when I'm shooting, um, you know, I just kind of like working backwards. Like that was a number that I came up with. Like, you know, this, this will lead to winning if I shoot all the stages yeah. above percent. Um, so that's what I'm trying to get to. So all of my match day goals are, are still very like process oriented goals. So, okay. uh, 
so my, my first goal is basically like wake up early enough that I can, you know, get coffee and food in me, let my digestive system do what it needs to do. And so when I, you know, get to the first stage, I'm not like, ah, oh, crap, I got to go to the bathroom because I woke up late and pounded a bunch of coffee or something. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to wake up nice and early. Um, also just like being awake before you're doing something that requires a whole ton of like physical and mental, um, effort is, uh, it's just easier if you have a little bit of time between waking up and doing that thing. Right. Like if you just wake up and then 15 minutes later, you have to shoot a stage. Like you're not going to do well on that stage. Like, <laughs> you, you know, you're stiff, your muscles aren't ready. Your brain's not ready. You're not awake. So, so I want to wake up nice and early. Um, and then get to the stage cause we're just camped out at the range and in, in that match, uh, I bet it would take you 15 minutes to drive from stage one to stage nine. Like it is extremely wow. spread out. Um, so I'm just going to drive to the first stage in the morning and I'm in the van. So I literally just made breakfast at the first stage. I just like <laughs> pulled, pulled out, you know, just like posted up and made breakfast there. Um, then once I get to that stage, uh, my goal is basically go through those visualizations again, right? So I'm going to sit down, I'm going to visualize that stage. Uh, this, this place was, the stages are big enough that I didn't do the like five times through visualization. Cause again, that's like a half hour of visualizing. <laughs> so I'm like, I just, if I can just get through a front to back twice without messing up, because I already did my homework last night, then I'm, I'm going to be good to go. I'm not going to like run past any targets or anything like that. So, um, I did have a little bit of a glitch in the matrix on one stage where I had like a tight piece of steel on the right that looked exactly like a different type piece of steel that was farther down the stage. And so I took that cue of like that type piece of steel meant that I had to do like 180 degree transition to the other side of this gully and shoot another piece of steel. And when I transitioned, there was no steel there. And I had that split second of like, uh, where's the steel I took a couple <laughs> steps forward and was like, Oh no, wait, I'm in a different position. This is the one with the paper and kind of like mentally got back on the plan. But, um, outside of that one, uh, did pretty darn good with that. So, which I, feel very good about. Good. Um, so then when it comes to actually shooting the stages, now, now we run into like, how do these goals actually land, you know, on the ground? Um, so my plan for these stages, uh, rule number one, run as hard as you can between positions. So, which sounds really weird, but, uh, the movement on these stages, there was one very small sort of like standard stage where you shot a bunch of left-handed stuff. And that one didn't have a lot of movement, but every other stage I would bet had at least a hundred yards of movement. And I bet the biggest stage had pretty close to 200 yards of movement. And mm-hmm. a lot of these were, were uh, running uphill. Um, so on one of them, I bet you gained a couple hundred feet during that, like 200 yards of movement. So there was, very, very, very big super physical stages and you were extremely tired. And when you got to like hard rifle positions, you were breathing really hard. However, there's nothing you can really do about that. You're, you're just going to be breathing hard. And so is everybody else. So my goal was run as hard as I can between, uh, uh, positions. Um, the only time that wasn't really applicable is if you're like unslinging a rifle and you have like 10 steps to a barrel or something, I'm just going to like get to that position by the time my, you know, rifles unslung and loaded and things like that. But for every piece of movement where I'm just running with a gun in my hand, run as hard as I can. That is goal number one for, um, for the match. Uh, the second one, um, I kind of changed the way that I, I thought about it at this match because it's a, it's a very, 
non-standard type of shooting for like action sports. Like I said, there's no like big wedges of steel or a bunch of targets in an array. Like you never come into a position to like shoot a whole bunch of things next to each other where you're just like ripping through. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so normally what I think about is I'm going to use the appropriate level of sight confirmation and the appropriate amount of trigger control on each target. So if you're shooting through some no shoots and some open stuff and some long steel, those are all going to require slightly different sight confirmation and slightly different trigger control in order to, to execute that. Well, um, everything at this match, uh, was, I mean, there was a little bit of easy shooting, but it was mostly like, you know, a lot of like 20 yards to 10 inch plates back in the trees, that kind of thing. Um, so the way I thought about it was I'm going to shoot each position with the appropriate level of aggression. Mm. Um, so I want to shoot super aggressively, but you can only shoot so aggressively on like hunt and peck style steel. But there is also stuff where you're like running up a creek bed and there's a bunch of steel, you know, as kind of spread out as you're going. And if you, if you shoot it on the move, even if you're throwing some misses, you can gain a bunch of time because you can cover tons of ground doing that. So, um, on the all pistol stage, for example, you know, you're just running up to strike Creek bag the whole way. And there's some spots where you need to run to a very specific spot. So you can see very specific targets in very specific locations. And then there's other places where you can, you know, shoot exposed steel at, you know, 80% of a dead sprint where you're like, yeah, I'm going to shoot a couple misses on this, but it's fine. Cause I'm going to cover 20 yards while I'm doing it. So, um, so that was, that was my other big goal. There was, was, uh, uh shoot every position or every target with the appropriate level of aggression. I didn't want to lay up on anything, but I didn't want to shoot so many misses that I'm running mags dry and things like that. So those, those are my two, like, um, as the stage is going on thing, which is basically like, you know, run your ass off, aim appropriately, shoot as fast as you can. Right. Which, you know, that's pretty much what we're trying to do for all the, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah i was gonna say it sounds like everything i think yeah it sounds like everything but but you just kind of have to modify it for the match style right well you got to modify it a little bit for the match style but also at the end of some of these shooting positions you know people would like you get to the end of a stage and they'd they'd kneel down and they'd go to shoot a rifle position and then when they're you know moving from that rifle position to the next rifle position they're just like walking because mm-hmm. they're not because they're tired, right? right? It's like, yeah, it's like, I'm also extremely tired, but my goal for this stage is to run as hard as I can between positions. I can be way more tired when I'm resetting here in 20 minutes. <laughs> that's totally fine. But like, this is a timed event. So I'm going to, you know, use, use the things that I have, which is, you know, being halfway fit and use it to the best of my ability. So I'm going to run as hard as I possibly can between positions. So every position I came out of, you know, I'd be breathing super hard trying to kind of like hyperventilate myself. So when I got into that next position and I had to go down and shoot a whole bunch of long range rifle again, I can do it without, I, I never hold my breath when I'm shooting that stuff, Mm -hmm. but I'm trying to like slow my breathing down. So at least I'm not just like, (laughs) yeah. So I'm going to leave that position, big, strong exhale, breathe super hard when I'm running from one spot to another. That way, when I get to the next one, I got lots of oxygen in my lungs. I can slow my breathing down as I'm shooting. But yeah, I mean, literally running as hard as I could between positions was a huge part of it. And like, I'm a lot of people were just like, I'm too tired to run hard. (laughs) Okay. I'm sorry. (laughs) Like, I don't don't know what to tell you. (laughs) Well, the other uh, thing we should mention for uh, folks not familiar with the Whittington center, was it 5,600 feet? 
Is that right? 65. 6,500 feet in elevation, yeah. right? Enough, enough that my, um, uh, my zeroing system that I have of zeroing to the hundred yards and dialing up two clicks to make all my hashes work didn't work. Oh, wow. Because the elevation is so high that the bullets fly so much flatter that my bullets no longer fell in like handy one mil, one and a half mil, two mil increments. Interesting. Uh, so, so what's, what's the elevation where you live? Um, about 5,000. Oh, okay. Wow. 1500 feet makes that much of a difference, huh? Apparently. Yeah. Goodness. And it might've been something with, you know, air density and stuff like that as well. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the barometric pressure was relative to, to where I was at, but yeah, I was quite a bit. Yeah. I mean, they have some interesting weather, weather patterns there, especially in August. Yeah. Yeah. We really lucked out and didn't get any rain. I've been there before when it's just like total torrential downpour. Yeah. I I've what been where the, the sky that. opens up and you can't even see past the hood of your truck. Like it's mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It can get quite wild. And those, uh, running up a gully shooting the pistol thing aren't very much fun when you're knee deep in water. Yeah. <laughs> I bet especially when it comes to dropping mags. So yeah, so that's basically like goals for shooting stage is like literally just those two things. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, and that's it. So that's what I'm thinking about when I move between positions and I'm coming to the next position. I'm like, am I running as hard as I can check? Am I, you know, what's the appropriate level of aggression to shoot this next position? in? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well on this one, I can just run dead flat, hard past these two targets and just send some rounds at them on this one. I actually need to stop. And, you know, execute a good position entry and all those things that you do in a regular base stage match. But, yeah. Um, so then uh, uh, my other goals for while I was shooting the match, uh, I had a goal to make written notes at the end of every single stage about what I learned. Because mm. I have all of this new stuff, right? So I got an offset dot on the rifle. There's bipods involved. There's bags involved. On one stage, I had a slung rifle with a with a deployed kneeling length bipod on it. That was uh, <laughs> I looked like I was trying to contact aliens. That was quite um, quite fun. Like you were the and, radio uh, guy. Oh, full on. Yeah. It's like, don't worry if anyone needs to make a call. I had a <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, um, yeah. So at the at the end of every single stage, I wanted to make written notes like. I used this thing. It worked good. It didn't work good. I should have done this. The way that I held this was like this when I put, um, so on one stage I had an extra shotgun mag that I put all the way on the right, um, uh, behind my pistol and then slung my rifle. And I literally took two steps out of the shooting position and the grip of my rifle came up and caught that mag and just flung it right out of my belt. I'm like, okay, that does not work with a slung rifle. Mm -hmm. So now I need to find out if it works at all. So now I, you know, have kind of a n- nice actionable thing to do when I get home, like set up a mag like this and just run around and, and see if it stays in my belt or not. So, um, yeah, cause any mistakes that I make in this match, I don't want to make again. Or if I did something that worked really good, Hey, I used this type of bag with this type of mag on a roof that looked like this and it was great. I want to mm. know that too. So, so, uh, I had a goal to make written notes after every single stage, which is kind of hard. Like it's hard to like, after you're done doing a stage and you're tired because you just ran as hard as you can and you're 6,500 feet. <laughs> so just like pull out your phone and jot down, you know, your thoughts like when they're nice and fresh in your head. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's, excuse me. That's a, a good one. If I can offer a piece of advice to you, um, you know, with, uh, with the podcast and the YouTube channel and stuff like that, I've been doing a lot of uh, like vloggy videos. You remember from last year at, at mm-hmm. the uh, Wyoming governor's match and so I'll talk to the, the video camera afterwards, usually, usually, and sometimes I forget, but I'll talk to the video camera afterwards. And I found that 
um, when it's fresh in my head and I'm breathing real hard like that, I say things uh, to the camera, like trying to explain to the audience what just happened that I would ordinarily just like process. And then hopefully I'll remember that, you know? Yeah. So, Hey, maybe pull out your phone and just uh, record a quick video to yourself or to someone else and say like, Oh, this is a uh, stage three. Here's what I learned. And this is what the, mm-hmm. uh, the bag was and the, uh, the rooftop looked like this and drop nice. my, drop my mag. So try that out. Yeah. I like it. Perfect. Yeah. So like whatever your process is, like have, have, well for this match, for most matches, this isn't like a, a primary goal, but for this one, I was like, I'm going to learn enough new things. This is my first major in shooting open with my own gear. There's a lot of moving parts here. It's not quite the base stagey thing that it was in Wyoming. So there's lots more tripods and bags and bipods and all that other shenanigans. No yep. tripods. Um, but it's like, I'm, I'm going to have a lot of takeaways from this match. So I want to make sure they get recorded so I can, you know, action those things later. So, so for this match specifically, that was one of my big goals. I dig it. Um, and then, uh, and then another goal that's kind of subset of that is um, apply lessons from each stage on subsequent stages. Mm. So if I'm like, oh, that's this way of attaching my bag and then slinging a rifle didn't work, like try something different on the next stage. I mean, maybe it's worse, but that other one was kind of terrible. So it'll probably be better. Than that. <laughs> um, Dude, I, I, like, I got one right there for you. I'm going to stop you again. So we did yeah. the Big Ben Blast and Dash, the running gun. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was shooting the... Uh, IWI Zion pistol. So it's like a 12 and a half inch AR pistol, right? With mm-hmm. my uh, uh, Gen 3 Razor on top. So um, I borrowed a biathlon sling from Forrest, which was fantastic. And then he's like, well, I got this little pillow and there's going to be some things to shoot from. We're shooting a lot of long range. Do you want to bring this? I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll do the pillow. Adam, do I look like a pillow shooter to you? A little bit. <laughs> i shoot i shoot primarily tack i should have known that that was going to be a bad thing to try to figure out what the hell to do with that pillow bef- uh on the uh on the match but now i've got it and i and i gotta like carry it with me to all the stages and so it was like oh th- i screwed this up and then every single give you a light pillow oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah super super light five ounces yeah. yep it was like the little five ounce one it just had the two little straps that you put uh the handguard through and then it kind of hangs yeah. there the big benefit was that it kept the rifle from like whacking me in the back so i didn't like regret having it but i regretted shooting with it because it was not it was not uh the right solution yeah. for my problem interesting but i had to carry yeah. it for the entire uh the entire match and all the stages yeah the pillows are are I think using the pillow on a more or less blind stage where you're just rolling up and then just shooting, I think would be really hard. Like you kind of have to strategize where that thing yeah. goes. Cause if you have to shoot offhand rifle, the pillow has to be attached different than if you don't, yep. if you're shooting off a rooftop. It needs to be in a different place. than if you're shooting off of a boulder or a fence or something. So, well, and then again, yeah. I'm, I'm shooting a 12 and a half. So yeah, I had to do the, the mag like, hook over the roof. Yeah. So it wasn't even useful in most of the situations. I mean, that's why I always shoot 16s on, on um, uh, pretty much anything that has roofs involved. I always shoot 16-inch barrels because mm-hmm. the hand longer and I just get more, um, uh, you know, contact out there. So even on, like, my 14.5, I've gotten pretty hosed shooting off rooftops. And I don't ever want to mag hook again. Now that I'm in open, I'm never, ever going to mag hook <laughs> another roof. I hate doing that so bad. <laughs> don't like it. I don't like it, Dave. Yeah, it's uh, it's not my favorite either, but it is a uh, a skill I'm glad I had. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. 
So, um, yeah, so basically, so the, uh, kind of the subset of that is, is like I said, applying the lessons that I learned onto subsequent stages after that. Mm -hmm. So for example, uh, dumping a shotgun in a barrel with a 21 round mag attached to it is quite complicated. (laughs) Um, and there's just a handy little button right above my thumb there. Or if I just poke that thing, that mag just falls in the ground and then I just get to dump an empty shotgun, which is way easier. (laughs) So much easier. On the first couple stages, I dumped a full shotgun and, and by the time we got in towards the last stage there, I just, um, plock that mag out and, and, uh, dump it without. So, um, you know, succeeded in my goal of, of learning something in one stage, changing up my stage plan a little bit for the next stage and, and applying that stuff. Nice. So, so that's what I'm trying to do. Like during the day, um, that night it's, you know, back to the same routine. So, you know, I want to, uh, eat dinner, watch all my, um, watch my match footage from the day, uh, back to that, you know, learning things from one stage to apply to another stage thing and seeing if there's like, Oh, I can see where this thing was hitting me in the back that I could feel, but I didn't know what it was. Um, you know, see if there's anything in that match footage that I can learn and apply to the next day, Mm. um, watching my, uh, stages for the following day, memorizing those stages, preload all my mags, don't drink too much. Um, and, uh, you know, go to bed at a reasonable time so you can, you know, get up and do it, do it the next day. I like it. Yeah. I, th- I think the, uh, the video review before you program your next stages, that seems like super important, especially if you're trying to, um, you know, sort new gear and figure out the best methods for the next stage. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, and it's, and it's mostly all the weird stuff hanging off a rifle, right? It's like, okay, I got three bipods in this box. <laughs> Which one should I run? Um, I got a, oh, I learned a very important lesson here, which is don't, don't cheap out on your bipods. So I have like a Harris, like a six to nine inch bipod. That's like, you know, the real nice one. Mm-hmm. And then for the taller two bipods, I got like a slightly taller bipod for something where you have to shoot uphill, Cause that one just isn't tall enough. And then I have a like kneeling height bipod. Cause I'm like, that's what all the cool kids have. So I should probably just get one of those too. <laughs> Is that and, a standing um, bipod for you? Uh, no, it's still a kneeling bipod. Oh, my bad. Uh, Craig Outson does have a standing bipod. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That thing is complete insanity. <laughs> it's pretty ridiculous. <laughs> Lounge shoes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Full on. Um, uh, but no, so I, uh, uh, I cheaped out on the, the two longer bipods and I bought one of those, uh, Caldwell bipods that oh, yeah. the Harris offs. And when I used my mid length bipod on the stage, we had to show the long range left-handed it, like all the parts just kind of came loose and it was just like all <laughs> flopping around. So, so that was in the notes of like, get this thing home, lock tight, all the screws, crank everything down until it's just rock solid and you know, it won't cant anymore, but at least it won't come loose anymore. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Smart. Yeah. Don't cheap out on your bipods, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so, uh, so that's basically like, you know, th- through the match and then after the match, um, you know, my goal is to kind of do like an after action report on this, on the whole thing to, to see if my, my planning process is, uh, worked and if the assumptions that I made going in are correct. So um, what I want to do is just look at, you know, like now I'm back to comparing my original big picture goal with what I actually did, right? So my big picture goal was win open division. 
Um, my, you know, subsequent kind of sub goal, like how I'm going to do that is I'm going to shoot better than 90% on every single stage. So I want to go back and look like, did I accomplish my, did all of my sub goals help me accomplish my big picture goal? Hmm. And if not, what was missing? What do I need to change next time? Because I want to make sure that whatever my process is, it, it gets me to where I want to go. Right. Like if you're trying to drive from New York and you get out of the car and you're in Florida, like how in the hell did that happen? Um, and you know, what do I do to fix it for next time? Cause that would suck. So, yeah. So um, you're trying to course correct mid mid match. No, no, no. This is post match. Oh, this so, is post match. This, this is, is not post day. This is, this isn't post day. This is okay. like post match. This is like when I get home and I get some, some sleep. Gotcha. So, gotcha. so after the match, I want to look at this and be like, all right, um, how do I do this? So, uh, normally what I do is open up practice core. What I did for this one was I downloaded a spreadsheet and added a couple columns that were missing <laughs> and did a whole bunch of math, which is the last thing I'll say about that. And, um, so my main goal was to win the match. Uh, did I succeed in that goal? No, I did not. I got second place. I finished at 97% of Joe Farewell, which honestly has to be really embarrassing for Joe because Joe's a professional shooter, full-time instructor. <laughs> I'm just some climber dude with an injured back and I showed up and shot 97% of him and I had to bring him his bird shot because he didn't get it shipped in time. So I think Joe should be very embarrassed by his performance. But Plus, uh, I think you're much, much older than he is. Am I? Probably. I think he's so. A, he's a young buck, yeah. Joe's a youngin. He's a youngin. Uh, he, sh- he should be really embarrassed at himself. He should have put at least 10% into me. Yeah, for down. sure. He's he's definitely yeah. a millennial, and he let a, a Gen Xer hang with him. Yeah, that's tragedy, dude. You need to step your game up. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> step it up, uh, Joe. So I finished 97% of Joe Farewell. So I nice did work. not win my original goal. Uh, my, uh, my sub goal was to uh, finish 97% on or 90% or better on every single stage. Uh, I also did not make that goal. So my breakdown was, uh, I had three stage wins. I had a 96%, a 94, a 94, a 91. And then I had a 76 and a 73, which we'll get to in a minute. Hmm. Um, so, uh, now I want to check. I'm like, okay, I didn't make my sub goal and I didn't win the match. Had I made my sub goal, would I have won? So that's where like the practice score, what if thing comes in there. So I'm like, all right, go in, change those seventies to nineties or 76 and 73 to a 90. Like, what does that do to the total points? Um, and, uh, change those around and, and, and sure enough with through spreadsheet shenaniganery, I was like, okay, I, uh, if I would have shot 90% on those two stages, then I would have won the match, which means my, my sub goal was appropriate. Like oh, okay. I picked an appropriate goal for this match. If I would have changed those to nineties and been like, Nope, you're still second. I'm like, okay, now I need to start thinking about stuff. Like some things ha- need to happen way more aggressively because, uh, 90% or better just isn't going to cut it. Mm-hmm. So in this one, 90% or better would cut it. Now, of course, uh, as you say, but you didn't. So, <laughs> Uh, wait I did do i say that uh somebody said that to oh. you, and you, uh, you said it to me yeah that's uh uh jeremy reed yeah jeremy reed yeah yeah well, he got that 90 yep but, but you didn't, didn't. <laughs> <Exactly>. so <laughs> yeah, I he got that from mike voigt oh man okay well i'm, I'm passing it along too so we'll, I love it. We'll, keep, we'll keep handing this down to the generations um so the two 70 stages that i had since I didn't get those 90% stages, I want to really digest those stages and be like, all right, why were those not 90% stages like everything else was? 
Um, both of those were shotgun related issues, which shouldn't come as a surprise to anybody because open division rifle, let's face it way easier than tack rifle, um, open division pistol. I get a dot open division shotgun. Everything is different. I don't know what I'm doing and I'm kind of making it up as I go. So, um, on the first one was, uh, three missed aerial clays on the all shotgun stage. Oh, wow. Uh, and it's kind of a bummer. It like shot super early in the morning. So, so the clays threw into the sun a bit, but the main problem was I'm super used to shooting the traditional shotgun at flying clays. I've been doing it, you know, since as a kid, I've never been like especially good at it, but I can certainly do it. And I'm used to watching the clay and in my peripheral vision, having like an entire shotgun and then, you know, the rib. And so I'm just like bringing my peripheral vision shotgun up to that clay while I'm focusing on the clay and then and leading it appropriately and shooting it. Mm-hmm. Now with an open division shotgun, I'm looking through a window that has a dot in it, which by the way is the same color as the clay. So now I have like these two floating dots that I'm trying to sort of <laughs> kind of line up and get the appropriate one in front of the clay, the appropriate amount of distance, but I don't really have any frame of reference cause I don't have a, a shotgun in my field of view anymore. So visually it was, uh, significantly more confusing than I expected it to be And this. And I'd never shot a flying clay with a, um, uh, I've shot some like toasters, but I'd never shot like a clay thrower. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, so then, then that starts leading into, um, you know, post match assessment and practice and, and what I can do. Right. I, so now I'm going to go out to the trap range and scare the shit out of the fuds and bring the open vision shotgun and shoot a bunch of trap with, uh, with the dissident to get used to shooting flying clays with a dot until that's just like not a thing anymore. Um, cause definitely if you're shooting all shotgun stages with an open shotgun and you're losing to the attack guys, it's not a good sign. No. So, um, so that was one of the 70% stages, uh, which was really kind of a bummer because it was also the shortest stage in the match. Um, and it's, it's a hundred points per every stage match. So that, that mistake weighed more heavily than any of the other time that was lost in the match. Right. Well, um, what are, uh, sorry, what are miss birds on, on, uh, that match? Is it 10 seconds? I think it's 10. It it's might be, stiff. it might be five. The, the scoring was kind of weird. Like all of the missed steal was 10 seconds regardless of the distance. So there was like a what? 600. Yeah, there was a 630 yard target. It was still just 10 seconds. Wow. It's it very strange. Yeah. The scoring system was really kind of weird. It might've been five. I feel like somewhere in the back of my head, I think it's five. That's crazy. Cause I always associate stiffer penalties with Rocky mountain three gun. I wonder if that's changed over the years. I have no idea. Um, but anyway, so that, so that, you know, that part of the post, match assessment helps me figure out like my plan going forward. Um, so the other thing that happened was also a shotgun issue. Um, I had, uh, one of the stages, basically my stage plan, which is a little bit conservative. There's two slug targets in the beginning, then a whole bunch of shotgun shooting. Clearly the plan is put three slugs in the top of the gun, whale on those two targets, burn one, and then just go directly into the shotgun. However, comma, these were the first slugs I had shot through the gun other than just zeroing it. So I was like, I'm not a hundred percent sure how this is going to go. So I just started with a full mag of slugs. Yeah. Shoot at the targets, do a reload to the, the 20 and then shoot the rest. Um, anyways, so I had, uh, uh, two misses, then a hit, then a miss, then a malfunction, which I was able to clear by just racking it followed immediately by another malfunction, which was basically a double feed a round came up in all sideways, had to rip the mag out. And I was like, well, that's a 10 second miss. It's definitely going to take me more than 10 seconds to fix this whole situation. And so I just dropped it out, cleared it out, went into the bird shot. And so I'm like, all right, 
uh, slug shooting is going to have to be a thing that I'm going to have to practice with that shotgun because it's a little bit different, which is quite unfortunate because slugs aren't very cheap right now. Um, and then understanding what happened with that malfunction, um, which is also quite a bummer because I'm not hundred percent sure. Um, I shot some slugs on a, on a stage a little bit later, didn't have any problems. So I'm not sure if it's like this weird fluke one-off or if a mag of slugs just doesn't play nice or if that mag had an issue or whatever, but I'm, I'm going to shoot enough slugs in the near future to both get better at it and make sure that whatever the heck happened, I mean, maybe open guns are just going to open gun and that's, you know, all there is to it. So, so not really sure. Um, but so that's it. So now looking at my sub goal, my sub goal was 90% or better stages. I didn't make that sub goal. If I had made that sub goal, I would have made my major goal. Why didn't I make the sub goal? basically because of the shotgun. Hmm. So now I have a very actionable plan going forward. I have um, two very distinct things that I need to practice that were really the difference between, um, you know, first place and second place for me in this match. You know, it's interesting about those two things that you have to practice. Those are like um, what I would call, uh, I guess, outlier skills or low percentage skills. Like those are things that don't Mm -hmm. show up very often, but when they do, it counts for a lot. And you basically just prove that. Yeah. Yep, 100%. So, yeah, that's the thing. It's like, oh, there's a slug target on the stage. Well, if you just go over there and fling the slug target, it's not that big a deal. But if you throw five misses, I didn't have to put in another reload. Like, that slug target matters a lot, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, um, and then, yeah, the same thing with flying clays. Like, toasters were totally fine. Um, but, yeah, as, as soon as clays were flying out into the the hinterlands and I'm trying to track it with another dot, like, visually is very confusing. So I just need to um, get used to that. Yeah, for sure. Yep. So then, um, so then, so those are my goals, uh, kind of like my after action report, excuse me. And then I have, um, you know, additional goals for after the match that will lead me into, you know, a good performance in my next match. Right. So, uh, goal number one, read all of the things I wrote down and create a plan to address them. So Mm. all the notes in the world don't actually do any good if I don't actually have a plan to address them. So now I actually in, in my little checklist thing that I have, um, I have a, you know, things that I need to do at the range. So uh, like right now I need to zero my truck gun. Um, I got some six, five Creedmoor load development to do. I've got, you know, a handful of other things that are all on that list. So going on to the top of that list is shoot flying clays with shotgun, you know, uh, uh, shoot slug targets and, you know, shoot slug targets with a fully loaded, you know, 12 round slug mag to make sure that they're cycling and that that wasn't a fluke. So I'm, so all the things, and then there's, you know, a bunch of other things on movement and pistol and things along those lines, but those are obviously the two big outliers. So, uh, that's, you know, the big thing. Um, uh, another is to address any gear issues that I may have had. So tightening down all the screws in that bipod, um, you know, developing a different way to attach the bag to the rifle. So when I transitioned from a rock to a rooftop, I can move the bag back and forth. Like there's a couple other little things like that, that I need to address, um, gear wise. And then, um, the last thing is to watch all of my match footage multiple times and look very hard for any inefficiencies in any of my stages. So this usually involves watching little sex engine kind of slow motion and things like that. And this is how I come up with those, um, uh, you know, like match lessons videos that I do is basically like, um, like, Oh shit, here's a really good one. Like I should show this to some people. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So, but I do that for myself on like a very, very granular scale, watching all 17 minutes of match footage multiple, multiple times and being like, oh, hey, how is my movement right here? Am I coming up on my toes in this position entry? Am I running hard here? Am I getting into this double kneel position behind this spool efficiently? Or am I, you know, doing something that's going to cost me a lot of time? So watching all of that and then making a list of all the inefficiencies I see and then putting those down you know, sort of in order of, you know, which one of these things, if fixed, is going to save me the most, and then developing a training plan to start um, looking at those uh, uh, inefficiencies in, in movement or shooting or whatever the case may be. Damn, dude. Uh, I would consider you uh, detail-oriented. <laughs> what do you think? I think that's very appropriate, yeah. <laughs> yeah, detail-oriented guy. Yeah, so, I, I kind of go off of, like, uh, good enough and big picture type stuff. And then hopefully everything, all the details figure themselves out. Well, the funny thing is, is, you know, I'm talking to my wife each night when I'm in the campground and, um, uh, she called me up and, you know, it's like eight 30 at night the first on, uh, the first night. And, uh, and she's like, Oh, like what, you know, what are you getting up to? And I'm like, Oh, you know, I walked the stages today, did this and that and zero and good to go. And then, you know, like, oh, I ran into, um, you know, a whole bunch of friends from back in the day and everybody's here and it's been really awesome. And, you know, now, now I'm in the van doing homework and she's like, dude, it's, it's eight 30. Where's everybody else? I'm like, oh, they're outside partying. And she's like, you're <laughs> in the van doing homework? I'm like, well, yeah. And she's like, well, aren't, aren't, don't you want to go have fun with your friends? I'm like, I do, but I want to win this match. I'm going to be a way happier person if I, <laughs> if I don't win this match because I didn't do a little bit of homework. I'm going to be very cranky during this 11 hour drive home. So my primary goal here is win the match. And want, like once my homework is done, then I'm going to go hang out with my friends or I'm going to go hang out with my friends before my homework is done, but I'm going to do that part. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, you know, I'm not going to drive 11 hours and phone it in and then drive 11 hours home. Like I'm going to take it pretty darn seriously. So that's smart. Um, yeah. And it's just, you, well, and that's, you know, all the way back to like that very first show we ever did. Like the, the question is like, what do you want out of the sport? Well, I want to win and or podium major matches. Like mm-hmm. that's kind of like my big picture goal. Like everything I go to, I'm like, I at least want to be on the box. And, um, that requires, you know, more homework and less beer. So that's fine. It's a sacrifice I'm going to make. <laughs> <laughs> Probably good sacrifice. But so uh, I think a really key ingredient here though, is that, I didn't think about those big picture goals, like 90% stages and winning open division. I didn't think about those at all while I was at the match. Mm. Like this was the decision that was made ahead of time. Whereas like I, you know, I, what do I want out of this match? I want to win. Okay. How do I get there? I'm going to make this list of goals and I'm not actually like writing them down. I'm just like, well, I'm going to have to get there ahead of time. I'm going to have to be able to zero guns on time. I'm gonna, you know, I need to shoot every stage appropriately aggressively. I'm going to run really hard between positions because there's a lot of movement. And I'm, I'm just kind of like thinking about these things a little bit more freeform. I, I wrote them all down for the show so I could like have them. But um, once I'm at the match, I'm no longer thinking about that big picture goal at all. So when I have three misclays, which by the way was on the very first stage, I'm not like, oh shit, well, that's not a 90% stage anymore. I'm definitely not winning this match. And like, I might as well just like phone it in and start getting hammered every night. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like this is, this is a big match. A lot of things can go super wrong. Um, so I'm just sticking with those goals for every single stage individually. I'm 
every single night, I'm doing the things that I said I was going to do at night. Every single morning, I'm doing the things I said I was going to do at the morning. And at the end, yeah, I might not make my big picture goal anymore, but I'm going to get as close to that as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. So that's that's kind of where I'm at. So that, that's I think that's a really good point right there, Adam, is that if you're if you do have a stage or a day or whatever that you think like, well, there goes the match or now I'm not going to reach my goal, pull your head out of your butt and get back in it because a better outcome will make you less not happy. <laughs> Does that <Yeah>. make sense? <laughs> like yeah. like uh, sure. if you had... The only thing worse than finishing second is finishing fifth. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, if you if you had after that first stage when you missed those three clays, just thought like, well, it's done here. I'm just going to shoot hungover the next three days. Then mm-hmm. uh, you'd be, you know, 12th and, and not happy, you know, uh, or even, even less happy, right? Whereas yeah. like second, you know, from... From my perspective, I, I always think like, oh, second, that's great. And then anytime I tell someone that, like, they're obviously a type A personality. And they're like, well, it's just the first loser. Like, okay. If, nope. you're, not, if you're not first, you're last. Exactly. Yeah, and so this is the thing. Like, I'm, 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 so, uh, somebody said to me, I, I don't remember who it was, but somebody said, like, oh, man, it's too bad Joe showed up. Otherwise, you would have won by a bunch. I'm like, no, thank God Joe showed up because I, I want to know how my performance stacks up to like a, a legit, like national level shooter, right? Like I don't, I don't want to just like go win and be like, Oh, I mean, I didn't reach any of my goals, but I still won. Like, I don't want that. Like I, yeah. I want a very, very hard race. And I feel like really, really good about how I did. Like, even though I didn't make my goal, I'm exceptionally stoked with, with how I shot during this match. And it's important to understand that there's, there's different goals for every match too, where it's like when I hurt my back, um, this spring, uh, I w- that was the day before um, the High Desert Championship up yeah. in Parma. My goal for that match was win the match. Then I hurt my back. It's like the first day of the match, and I'm like still on a couch in Boise um, with my friend who's eight months pregnant taking care of me because she's more <laughs> mobile than me. Um, and uh, thank you for that. And, um, you know, and I'm like, uh, uh, emailing Aaron and I'm like, Hey man, like, I really want to come. Like if I show up tomorrow, can I just like shoot through or cause I'm just trying to like physically. So then my goal was like physically get to the match and participate. Like mm-hmm. that's all mm-hmm. I cared about. Like I just wanted to get up there, hang out with some friends, shoot. I had no illusions that I had any prayer showing up like that and doing anything even resembling good. I just wanted to show up and shoot and, and hang out with my friends. So at that match, yeah, all this other stuff would have gone completely away. My goal would have been like physically get to the match, get through stages, hang out with friends, have fun, probably drink way too much. This <laughs> is going to be very appropriate at that point. <laughs> right. So, and that's, and that's the thing. Like, um, you know, if I'm shooting to get somebody that I know on my very best day, I'm not going to beat them. My goal isn't to win the match. My goal is to be on the podium. I want a stretch goal, but I want an obtainable goal. Mm-hmm. So get as close to that thing as I can. Well, this has been great, Adam. Um, I think that the example, you know, it, it's it's easy to get into like esoteric, like, well, you need to make smart goals, specific, measurable, attainable. Mm-hmm. But when you put it into the context of <clears throat> like a match or a situation that you just experienced, I think uh, it's, it's easily relatable. Um, for anyone out there who at, at this point is thinking like, what are the next steps? Like, how can I implement this into my game? What's uh, what's a piece of advice on um, where they need to start? 
Uh, I'm sorry, you cut out for just a second. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was good too. We were doing, we were doing so good. <laughs> no, give a uh, give folks a piece of advice on where they can start implementing this type of uh, goal setting for their for their matches. Yeah. So figure out. I mean, the 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 first step of this is your big picture goal. Like, do you want to you know uh, place on the box? Do you want to beat your friend? Do you want to finish at a certain percentage? Um, you know, look at that stuff and, and, and figure out that if, you know, what is reasonable for you, if you're a 50% shooter, maybe you want to shoot 70%. Like that's a great goal. Like I want to shoot 70% in this match, then start looking at the people who finish 70% and thinking about what they do. Like how aggressively do they do it? How, how do they prepare? Um, and then you want to start breaking it down into, okay, if I'm, if I want 70% in the match, how good do each of my stages need to be? Well, each of my stages, I, I can't have any stages under, um, well, at 70%, you, you basically need to average 70% stages, right? So you pretty much can't have any stages under like 60 or 65 maybe. And then you probably, uh, you know, you're also going to have some 80s in there. So you want an understanding of like w- what a 70% finish looks like in terms of like stage performance. Um, then you need to start looking at your skill set uh, where, where it's lacking for that very specific match coming up. So like Rocky mountain is a really unique match in the style of shooting that's there. So I'm like, all right, how, what parts of that shooting are going to cost the most and how do I effectively practice for those type of shooting? If you're shooting a, uh, UML club match, that's super in your face, very fast, hosey stuff, um, you know, gun manipulations, transitions, um, you know, shooting fast splits, shooting fast target transitions, things along those lines are super important. At Rocky Mountain, none of that matters. It's completely irrelevant. So really um, figuring out what things you need to practice specifically for that match. And then as soon as you have a, uh, a practice plan and a plan of action for the match itself, really doing a very um, uh, intentional job of taking that original goal and just completely ignoring it. Like my goal is to finish, you know, I want to finish 70 or 75 or 90 or on the podium or win my division, whatever that is. Once you're at the match, that is completely irrelevant. Does not matter. Um, what you need to do is execute your goal for each individual stage. So I'm in this stage here, I'm going to, um, you know, focus on seeing my sights on those hard targets and I'm going to make sure that I'm not coming up with my toes and position entries. So I'm unstable. That's my goal for this stage. Mm. And do those things because that's going to give me the best outcome on this stage. Whatever my score is doesn't matter because my goal for the next stage is this thing. And then my goal for the next stage after that is this thing. My goal for this classifier is not over grip the gun and over transition those targets and shoot those no shoots on the right. So I'm, I'm going to make individual goals for um, the shooting that's going to give me the best outcome, but I'm going to completely ignore that, that big picture goal. Um, when, uh, I don't remember what year it was, but, uh, I think it was the last time Ben Steger, um, shot and won production nationals. Mm-hmm. He didn't win a single stage in the entire match. Hmm. A match, zero stage wins, won the match overall. This is just executing what he needs to execute on every single stage. Doesn't matter what anyone else is doing. Doesn't matter if somebody just swung for the fences and hooked up on some stages, completely relevant. So you don't. I, I think that people have a, a, a very skewed understanding 
of what it actually takes to win or place well percentage wise. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, Joe Farwell had like a 64% stage on the long range. And most people would look and be like, wow, 60% stage. Like you're not winning shit. Yeah. There goes well, your match. There goes your match. Um, that, uh, happened to be the, the biggest stage in the match. It was the all rifle stage, which had shooting at to like 630 yards. And, um, and, uh, but it was a great place for that to happen to him because it was the biggest stage. So since it was a, uh, I think my stage time was like 160 seconds on that stage. And then the stage time on the shotgun stage, which I did poorly on was 60 seconds. Oh, wow. So if, if you're going to eat a bunch of time penalties, it's better to do it on a very big stage than on a very small stage because percentage wise that time matters less. So, um, you know, I, I, don't know what was in Joe's head, but most people would step off of a 60% stage and be like, well, I'm definitely not winning this match. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, but that's the thing. It's like, it's, it, it's completely irrelevant what you just did. The only thing that matters is what you are about to do at, at the next stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like Jerry Mitchell said, you like, you got to keep going because you never know how deep of a hole the other guy is digging for himself. Yeah. Especially, <laughs> especially when there's not practice score and you can't check your scores. <laughs> just pray that they're right <laughs> just pray that they're right yeah exactly all right well adam anything else uh, you want to add no i think we've uh we've covered it in exceptionally granular level i know this uh, has been great dude uh you fell asleep and drove off the road <laughs> <laughs> well I, I would say uh if you are you know driving uh maybe listen to this one again and sit down with a notepad and figure out what your goals are and uh what the uh you know the next steps are to get to those goals because this is super valuable and uh adam i totally appreciate you putting this uh together and always bringing great topics to the show we appreciate you man and uh congratulations on being a uh, second place buddy heck yeah buddy being first or last yeah <laughs> <laughs> The Three Gun Show is proud to be a part of the Firearms Radio Network. If you like this type of content, help us grow the show and the shooting sports by sharing with a friend. Just open the podcast app you're using right now and hit that share button. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on the range.